Hello, and welcome to We Read It One Night, the podcast where two sisters invite you to join the romance revolution by recapping our favorite romance novels. Here's part two of a book that we both literally stayed up all night reading, Twilight by Stephanie Meyer. And in case you were holding your breath, part three will in fact be the last episode on this book. Enjoy the show. P.S. A trigger warning for this episode, there is a scene of attempted sexual assault. I just did this yesterday, so I don't have any, I don't have any banter. Letting you behind the curtain, listener. <laughs> we don't, in fact, record these on a weekly basis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we do record like at least once a week. We're like more than Yeah, once but a we week. don't. These are going to come out on a weekly basis. We're recording them one right after the other. In case, well, this is now like two episodes ago at this point, the cake video that we said had 200,000 views. You can now add a million to that at this <laughs> point. We're recording on January 4th, 2022, and we are at 1.2 million. And let me tell you, it was very gratifying to have the hashtag we read it one night go from zero views to 1.2 million views. I realized that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Damn great <laughs> yeah no all i'm saying is i feel like now like tag us on all your tiktoks and like the algorithm will help you out you yes know? like yes exactly yes a little boost were we arguing about how long edward left in the beginning or how long he doesn't talk to her after the accident how long he left oh okay so that was six days the accident he doesn't talk to her for a month for six weeks for six weeks <laughs> Okay. Well, she's like the month that followed the accident was like embarrassing or whatever. And then I guess it's two more weeks. And then, yeah, no, he doesn't talk to her. So they know each other for like a total of three months. And we'll do a more detailed timeline probably in this episode because I think that's when I will reach that point in my notes. But yeah, they know each other for like maximum three months. And Edward doesn't talk to her for like a full two months of that. (laughs) Which like, I mean, is that really so out of the range for normal romances? Like they normally only know each other for like a few days up to a week before they're like declaring their undying love for each other. Listen, you're right. I think the only jarring thing for me is the fact that not only are they pledging their undying love to each other, but they're like, it's literally undying. You know what I mean? They're like, immortality, (laughs) baby. We're going to spend the next thousands of years together. And we literally have exchanged two sentences. (laughs) And I mean, I don't know what just occurred to me, but like, there's no like physical element really. You know, and I don't know if that just like somehow tricks you in a romance book into like forgetting how short of a time it is. I don't know. Like, I don't know yeah. how that plays in. But this is very much just like girl meets boy, girl and boy stare at each other intensely, girl and boy declare undying love. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just, it's different in the vampire world, you know? Things are accelerated. Maybe, maybe because we were wondering whether like, Every time they kiss, because they definitely French at one point. They haven't Frenched yet, but like I feel like they definitely have French at one point before Bella gets turned into a vampire. And Edward's vena, like his, he doesn't have spit. He only, like every bodily fluid, Stephanie Meyer confirmed in a vampire is venom. Like the juice to like make their eyes juicy are, is venom. The sperm, like the fucking cum is venom. Everything yeah. is venom. 
So when they kiss and exchange saliva, Edward should be giving Bella some of that good, good venom, but she doesn't turn into no, no, because I think the venom, the venom has to get into your bloodstream. It's the same way you can't get like HIV or like any other bloodborne disease from kissing someone. You know, I mean, you can if you have a tiny cut in your mouth. Sure, sure, yeah, but it's very, it's very like unlikely and doesn't happen very. Like, often, what if, if Bella ever. has a fucking cold sore and then it, there you go, sure. now she's a vampire okay. accidentally. And I know that's technically possible, but like, are there any confirmed cases of people? getting a bloodborne disease i don't know i have no idea i'm talking out of my ass right now but like i feel like it's it's not that big of a stretch i thought you were gonna say are there any confirmed cases of people getting turned into vampires (laughs) through kissing i was like i don't know but if anybody knows the answer to that let us know the bigger issue for me is edward getting some of bella's saliva Should, should we not jump the gun on this no, 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 no. We can't. That's a too big of a reveal, Rachel. It needs to be revealed in the moment. <laughs> all right, all right. So now Edward has just saved her life from a car. Also a big part of the anti-Twilight, not like other girls backlash of the 2000 teens was, I'm not team Edward. I'm not team Jacob. I am team Tyler's van. <laughs> and I am ashamed to say that I at one point did post a meme that was team Tyler's van. I take it back now, but man, that not like other girls juice really hit me hard. So unfortunately, Tyler's van team loses. Bella is not dead because Edward saved her. And now he's just not fucking talk to her, talking to her, but he is watching her while she's sleeping, ladies and gentlemen. And Bella is just really sad. Like she's sad because like people keep asking if she's okay from almost being hit by a van she's sad because edward's not talking to her she's sad because there's no sun and i'm sitting here i'm like someone please god get bella a vitamin d lamp i like i think <laughs> oh my god. I, I i don't know whether the rest of the series would have happened if someone had gotten bella a sun lamp <laughs> this poor girl yeah like get her a sun lamp get her some supplements get her like her weekly trip down to california <laughs> i don't know yeah i just Cause it's yeah, it's the winter. Cause when we went to Forks, it was like not rainy. <laughs> I was right. like, "What is this fake no, news?" And that's my thing. Part of my brain still is like, "Oh, I just would love to move to Washington State. Like the coastline is so beautiful. It's like you know more mild winters. It's just like really beautiful nature." And yet I think that, and yet I know in my core that I would be miserable because I need the sun. And it's like you know, it is it's has the most cloud cover like of any any place in the continental United States. And so I know I would just like not be a happy camper. And yeah, it's it's one of, it's it's that it's the effect of like it, I think it happens to everyone at one point or another. Like you go on vacation somewhere and you're like, "Wow, this is amazing. I could live here." But like logically, you got to rein it in and be like, "I can, I could not live here. <laughs> this is very different." Yeah. Coming here for one sunny week versus like but it also doesn't really make sense why Bella would like complain that much about being in forks for the summer because i don't think it's it's like nice in the summer yeah it was nice in the summer it was like it wasn't humid it was like nice and like the air was crisp it just shows i mean charlie in almost every way is just like such an amazing dad because like it just showed like he was willing to give up like three months with his daughter who you know like he loves to have around and he is like craving time with just because she like wanted to go on vacation instead and so he only gets two weeks with her for like three years in a row for five years in a row, I guess. If you combine Charlie and Renee, you get like an average parent. 
Actually, or maybe Charlie is like what the average should be. Like, I don't know. I feel like I Charlie's know. the average because it's not like Charlie's like constantly trying to bond with Bella. You know what I mean? Like he goes fishing every weekend and like he watch sports. Sure. But like as far as being like ride or die, like anything Bella needs, like I'm oh, no hesitation. Yeah. Prioritizing your child's well-being, right? Which again, I, I guess she's not. It's just, it's just, it only seems exemplary when compared with Renee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the next thing that happens is like the Sadie Hawkins dance, but I do want to talk about how I just want to mention that like Bella constantly in her head is like talking about how Jessica is like being super nice to her after the accident because like Bella's even more popular now, and she's like, I know Jessica's only hanging out with me. For my popularity and i'm like yeah but you don't even fucking like her like you're a shitty friend too bella right. this is a two-way street like stop dunking on jessica she's just a normal teenage girl yeah bella was like dunking on jessica before she had any reason to so yeah. don't give me this she was like, just like this bitch is talking to me ew i'm like <laughs> <laughs> speaking of girls choice sadie Hawkins dances we're gonna need to link to the sadie Hawkins dance song circa from like 2005 I feel I don't like know everybody knows real, that song. I don't know if everyone knows it or if it was like a Christian rock song. I really could not tell you. Oh my! The God. band was definitely like K, Reliant K, or something like that. Like oh one of those. God. Are you serious? In I've my been khaki pants. In my khaki pants is especially relevant here. Girls wait, after guys. It's always wait, a surprise. Wait, wait, wait. There's nothing better, baby. Do you like my sweater? Oh my God! It is Reliant K. Yeah. Wait. So I don't know if it's like something that was on the mainstream radar ever. No, they are Christian rock, but they yeah. also are po- pop punk. Sure. They're Christian pop punk. Like. Wow. <laughs> I feel so scammed. About that song or about Reliant K? About both. I thought that song was like on, I mean, obviously not on the same level as like uh, like Mr. Brightside, but like no. in the same category. Mm-mm. You know no, what I mean? Like, Is it the same category as another well, not quite, but like as another jam that people might not know, that was definitely by a Christian rock band. They're like "Sunny with a High of '75" when you took my heavy heart and made, you know that song. No. So every time it's exactly 75 degrees, I think of that song. Okay. It's also by Reliant K. <laughs> of course, it is. Ah, <laughs> oh, there's just wow. so, you know you don't, you will never be able to fully measure the amount of like information like that that we just like imbibed by osmosis. Like, we're fully saturated. You, you squeeze me out like a sponge and, like, a good 50% of the material that comes out will be just, like, random knowledge like that. <laughs> like, what do you – wait, what do you mean random knowledge? Like, random, like, Christian, like, references oh. and, like, things that, like, you wouldn't even think the twice about. The evangelical culture it, is strong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, if you mention it to the average person on the street, they'd be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. But, like, you think that it's, like, so normal. <laughs> Everybody. Yeah. At least – yeah, no, sometimes I sing like the ve- some of the Veggie Tales songs. Yeah. Like I'm like, Barbara Manatee. And, pe- and people are like, what? You, last week, you tried to convince me that the Bunny song, which is literally about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, sung by King Nebuchadnezzar, whose name is Nebuchadnezzar. Okay, in but the it's show, in, that in that Easter. Was secular. You tried to convince me that was secular. I thought that that was at the <laughs> point. You know, you want to know why? Because I think I was a little bit older when the, the Easter – Veggie Tales movie came out and I like by that point like I remember like 
apart from the buddy song, which is a bop, I remember that movie being like kind of bad. And so I associate it with like Veggie Shell's downfall era after they like went secular. Because they did go secular. Because I watched, I watched this, I watched this this girl on YouTube. Oh my god, I'm so blanking on her name. Her her YouTube name is Fundy Fridays, and she makes like long essay content about <laughs> Christian fundamentalists. And she made an episode recently about like the founder of Veggie Tales. And usually her episodes are like, look how horrible and cultish this person is. But sometimes she does episodes. She's like, this guy was just really nice. Like he just wanted to make talking, singing vegetables for kids. And like he was really chill. And like he seemed to be a nice guy. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. So it's a girl's choice dance. So girl's choice dances, as the name implies, the girls ask the guys. It's always a surprise. There's nothing, There's nothing better. better. Baby, Dang. do you like, do you my, like my sweater? sweater? <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly sounds like a fucking nightmare. And, you know, I just would be like, I don't have a date. Sorry. The whole concept is a nightmare. I would, not, I would just like, I'm not just going. Just go as a group or like, don't go. Yeah, yeah, I would just go with friends. Right. I mean, that's what I did most of the time anyway. But instead of girls asking the guys in Twilight, all these boys keep asking Bella. <laughs> But like being like going up to her and be like, so are you going to ask me to the Sadie Hawkins dance? Eric just straight up asks her. Yes. Yeah. So first like Mike goes up and he's like, Jessica asked me to the girl's choice dance. And Bella is like, oh, that's great. You'll have fun with her. And Mike is like, oh, I thought you were going to ask me. And then Bella (laughs) is like, you shouldn't make Jess wait any longer. It's rude. And I just loved that like. Like, she just turned into, like, a governess or something. Like, it was great. (laughs) And then chess club Eric goes up to Bella and he is like, oh, do you – were you going to ask me to the dance? And she's like, oh, my God, no. And by this point, she has made up the excuse that she is actually going to Seattle that weekend because she's, like, not going to go to the dance anyway because she she doesn't dance because she's clumsy, TM. Which is – okay, which is the second big event that's going to be endlessly foreshadowed and then never fucking happens. Bella going to Seattle. Like the amount of times this is brought up and like agonized over just for it to never happen, which is something that uh, like it should have been clear that it wasn't going to happen for like a while out. Like, you know what I mean? Like the weather. Alice should know that. Whatever. It's never. Yeah. The beach trip has yet to happen and the Seattle (laughs) trip never fucking happens at this point. Off the wall in this Especially the first half of this book. I don't, I mean, I, like, I don't hate it, but like, it's just <laughs> bizarre. No, it is. It's like two months and then like balls to the wall every single day yeah. something is happening. I'm like, oh my God. I guess vampires move at super speed. So once right. Edward gets involved, once they get like, going, it's inertia. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so actually, Eric hasn't asked her yet. Mike asks her and Bella chastises him. And Edward just like chuckles next to her. And she's like, it's the first time he's like, noticed me in two months. And this asshole's laughing at me. And I just like can't believe like how much just a full little shit Edward is. Like he's just constantly like mocking Bella and like laughing at her and just like laughing at everybody. And he really is like the first time I read this, I guess because the first time I read this, I was 12. So like I had no experience with teenage boys. But Like, I just fully, like, this reread, I was like, wow, Edward, like, really is trapped as a 17-year-old. Like, even though he was a 17, he's, like, a little bit more mature because he was, like, a 17-year-old in, like, the early 1900s and he was, like, (laughs) ready to go to war. But no, like, he's just, like, a full-on teenage boy. Yeah. Such a little shit. A hundred percent, yeah. Which makes the, as we said before, this is an age gap romance. (laughs) 
It's a little <laughs> better, but like uh, not. It's much. an age gap in that Bella is eighteen when she's turned into a vampire, so Bella's actually older than him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bella confronts Edward at this point. Like he like says something. I forget he like says something to her. He finally initiates contact again. And she immediately, immediately assumes that Edward regrets saving her life. Like immediately mm-hmm. he's like, that must be why he's ignoring me. That must be why he's being such a little shit. And I'm like, girl. <laughs> and when they talk, like Bella gets frustrated. So she closes her eyes and breathes st- slowly through her nose. And for some reason, I like always thought that was so dramatic. And I was like, what? You're just standing there with your eyes closed, like in the middle of the room. But now I get it. Like I get, I get it, Bella. She just needed a moment. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I doesn't even I can't even look at his smarmy face right now. Like he's such <laughs> well, she can't because she stops breathing whenever she like looks at his eyes for too long. <laughs> yeah, Bella's like constantly forgetting to breathe, which I didn't think was a thing, but has definitely happened to me a few times. Well, I'll just be sitting somewhere and then I'm like, why am I getting lightheaded? And then I'll just be like, <gasps> and just like it's a sudden. I'm like, wow, I just forgot to breathe for a second. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bella thinking that Edward regrets saving her is just one of the like million of examples of me not understanding how Bella got to this conclusion. Like, how does she, I just don't understand how you would assume that. I mean, the logical explanation is that he's like mad at her for insisting that she explained to him, but that he, he explained, explained to her, her, you know, like, that's what, yeah. I, that's what I would go. I was like, oh, okay. Well, he just like got mad that I was pushy, even though I was totally within my rights and he's just an asshole. Yeah, I don't know that I would assume that he regretted saving me, but I would definitely be like, oh, he just hates me because I'm so like eminently hateable. Yeah, or like regretted me <laughs> like knowing that there was something weird about him, you know? I think at this point, here's my thing. The difference between Bella and I is like I am not 100% certain that the gaslighting would not work on me. Oh, like I yeah. think by this point, two months in, I would be like – did he even save me? Like, did I just make – was that a dr- really realistic dream? Because I've had dreams. I mean, everybody has. Where, like, you wake up and it takes – like, I've had dreams where I wake up and, like, a full day, like, at random points throughout the day, I'll be like, oh, that thing happened with that person and, like, yeah. I should, like, do X because of it. And then I'm like, oh, no, that was a dream. But then I, like, question myself. Like, it takes me, like, a full 24 hours to be like, <laughs> yeah. oh, no, no, that, that was definitely a dream. Oh, for sure. One time I woke up and my arm fell off. And I had like a full, a full text conversation <laughs> with my friend. I just sat up and my arm fell off. I don't know what to tell you. I, I looked around for it in my bed and I couldn't find it. I went to the bathroom and came back. I like texted about it. <laughs> Wait, like a real text? Like did you like wake up and your friend yeah. was like, that was a weird text message? No, no. And then I real and then I just went back to sleep and I was like, I can't find it. And then I woke up and I was like, oh, I have my arm. Like that's okay, I guess. I think that must have happened. Because it, it happened as I, like, sat up, and then my arm just, like, fell off. And I think what must have happened is my arm was somehow, like, above my head when I was laying down, which never happens. I, I never sleep like that. But I must have, it must have, like, fallen asleep or something, and I got up, and it, like, slammed down to the bed, and it fell off, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just casually, like a Barbie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> okay. So now is when Eric invites Bella to the dance and she's kind of annoyed, but she's like, it's not fair for me to be annoyed because, you know, Eric doesn't know about Mike. And then she gets in her car and she's about to pull out. But Edward, being the absolute little shit teenage boy that he is, (laughs) is like, I know that Tyler, who was listener, the one driving the van, is going to wants to ask Bella to the dance. And I want to be there to witness it because I just think it'll be fucking (laughs) hilarious (laughs) to see her face. And so like... 
Edward cuts her off and then he just like sits there idling waiting for his siblings to get in the car, his shiny silver Volvo. And Tyler comes up, taps on Bella's window. She cranks it down because it's like an old truck. And he asks her to the dance. He's just straight up. He doesn't even do the like, oh, are you going to ask me? And he's like, she's like, I can't be snippy with him because it's not his fault that Eric and Mike used up my quote, quota of patience unquote today and I'm just like at first I remember the first time I read that line I was like you have who the fuck has a quota of patience but like not yeah I get it like I, <laughs> yeah. I totally get it like there's definitely a point in my day where I'm just like I can't tolerate you anymore yeah. but it turns out that it is Tyler's fault because Mike did say that Bella was going to Seattle and then he's like there's always prom and remember that listener but Bella's like fuming and then she like looks and sees Edward's face in his rearview mirror and Edward, she's like, he was fucking laughing at me like <laughs> that little bitch. And I'm like, yes, he was. Yeah. And that was the whole point of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then we, nothing happens till the next day. So Bella gets to school and Edward shows up next to her car, right? And she like drops her keys in a puddle and before she can like blink. Oh, we skipped over like, so when they talked yesterday after class. She had, like, dropped her books, like, accidentally, and then, like, scooped, like, went to go pick them up, but Edward was already there. He had, like, zoomed across the room and, like, picked them up and was holding them for her. So he does, like, the same thing with her keys the next morning. Yeah. And he's, like, so, like, they, like, they, like, snip back and forth a little bit, and then he's, like, so, I meant to ask you, you know, in a few weeks, you know, Saturday, the day of the spring dance. Like, are you trying to be funny? Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? He is. He's trying to be funny, but he's not trying to make her laugh. And he's like, "Um, were you serious about going to Seattle or was that just like an excuse to get rid of Mike? And she's like, no, I really want to go. And he's like, do you want to ride? She's like, with who? Like, mystified, quote. And he's like, with me. And she's like, what? Like, and he's like, yeah, I need to go anyway. Let's go together. And she's like, why? And he says, I don't think your truck can make it there. On one tank of gas. She's like, that's none of your business. And he's like, the wasting of finite resources is everyone's business. <laughs> and I'm sitting here like, okay, listen, I really, I appreciate Stephanie Meyer for throwing in this little like environmentally friendly line way back in 2005. However, Edward and the whole Cullen clan, because they don't <laughs> eat people, they eat animals and they prefer, this is something we find out later, but I'm just going to tell you it now. They prefer eating predators because predators taste like, I guess, more human. And so like they're tastier than deer, even though they can eat deer. And so like Emmett really likes to eat bears and Edward really likes mountain lions. And I don't know what everybody else likes, but presumably they're also rare and potentially endangered predators who are (laughs) incredibly important to this ecosystem. Like he's like the wasting of finite resources is everybody's business. And I'm like, okay, but you're killing fucking endangered species just because they taste better. And also you're constantly wasting food. Pick a side, Edward. You can't (laughs) complain about Bella's fossil fuel usage and then like ravage the fucking environment of the Pacific Northwest. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, oh, we go to places with an overpopulation of predators. And I'm like, what? So you time travel like what <laughs> there hasn't been an over if there was ever an overpopulation of predators it hasn't been since like 1400 <laughs> like what no listen we'll give the native americans some credit in the west let's say like 1800 was when the overpopulation of predators disappeared i mean how could there ever be an overpopulation of predators you know what i mean like what does that even mean that means like there's as many predators as there are things to eat 
right? So like, what we're killing too many deer? I mean, maybe when we killed all the all the buffalo, and then there like wasn't enough for like I don't even know what to eat because we were killing the prey animals. Sure, sure, okay, but like, okay. All right, Eddie boy. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm like, Edward, you're a fucking joke. Like, you don't get, like, pick a fucking lane and stay in it, bitch boy. <laughs> but naturally, Bella agrees to go with him because she forgets to breathe. This might be the first time she forgets to breathe. She, no, she's just dazzled. She's breathing, but she, like, forgets to think. She's incapable of thinking. And then Bella goes into lunch later that day. And naturally, as she's been doing for – she's been, like – she's picked up this habit over the past, like, two months when he wasn't talking to her. Actually, first when he, like, left to go to Alaska originally. And she looks over at his table, and she's like, oh, my God, Edward's gone. There, there's only four Cullens. Like, where is he? And then who says it? It's like Jess is like – Edward Cullen is staring at you. Yeah. And then she looks over, <laughs> and he's just, like, dramatically sitting at his own loner table. And he crooks <laughs> a finger at her. Does like a come hither, and it's it's like described as like this like sexy and mysterious thing, but I'm like, what a fucking weirdo! He's such a dweeb. <laughs> and before she sees him, she's like so depressed that he's not in the lunchroom that she's like, I lost my appetite. I'm only gonna buy lemonade. Wait, is this the point when she's like, my stomach was full of butterflies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so. She goes and sits with him, obviously, and they have like a intense conversation, the content of which is like very bizarre and disjointed as usual, as like is their style. And what do we get from this? We get that Rosalie hates her. Well, yeah. So Rosalie dislikes Bella. We don't know why yet. And also we get the line where Bella's like, so you're talking to me now? And Edward's like, as long as I was going to hell, I might as well do it thoroughly. And the movie equivalent of this comes a little bit later but like it's it's quite frankly one of the best scenes in the entire franchise like Robert Pattinson and Kristen Stewart are getting out of the shiny silver Volvo and Robert Pattinson for whatever reason has Ray-Bans and he puts like them on and he's like as long as I'm going to hell and he like swings his arm over Bella's (laughs) shoulder he just looks cool as hell and that's like the only point in the movie let's robert pattinson is a good looking dude but and i would definitely fuck robert pattinson if he asked but like that's the only point in the movie where like i was like oh okay i get it i I see what's going (laughs) on here and i get it it's also sunny he's wearing sunglasses which implies that it's sunny and yet he's outside and not sparkling anyway it's a fucking great scene, and it's really an- yet another Catherine Hardwick improvement. Yeah, because up, up until this point, like yesterday, Edward was like, um, it's better if we're not friends. And Bella's like, of course. It's because he, like, hates me. I'm not interesting. Like, he doesn't even want to be my friend. He wishes I were dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but now she's like, why are you talking to me? And he's like, I decided as long as I was going to hell. I might as well do it thoroughly. And this whole time, he's playing with her lemonade cap. I don't know why that's relevant, but. Because he steals it. Yeah. <laughs> He yeah. steals and he keeps it as a little souvenir, which is I don't think we find that out until Midnight Sun. Yeah, I, I feel like no one drinks lemonade except in like high school cafeterias. You know, that's the, that's like the only place that you'll see bottles of lemonade being both sold and bought. You yeah. know, <laughs> and it's very specifically like Minute Me. Yes, yes, pink and yellow in the Dasani vending machine. It's not. It's good. It's a good drink. I just I don't know why it just like disappears. Like. Not a good drink for me. They're like not allowed to sell soda. So that's like the, 
you know, it's like a step up from juice boxes. You're like too mature for juice boxes, but like not mature enough for soda yet. Like, I don't know what the logic is there. (laughs) So they're having a weird Bella's like, you've been ignoring me. And she has the whole thing where she's like, why would that be frustrating? And like, we don't. I don't I've never really understood like what that means when she says like she says this like weird hypothetical like long-winded hypothetical. He's like, what are you thinking? And she's like, I don't want to tell you. Is this when he asks her for like her theories of like what what is yes. like up with him? Yes. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to tell you. And he's like, that's so frustrating, you know? Like it's frustrating that she won't tell him what she's thinking. And he's like, No, why would it be frustrating? And then I think what I think the point is that he has been ignoring her and like won't tell her what's going on or like the truth. Yes, but it's so convoluted and long-winded so convoluted. that I've like never really been able to process it. It makes no sense. Also, but when he's asking her for the theory, he's like trying to seduce her a little bit because like he I guess he's figured out at this point, even though he's pretending not to, that he dazzles her, quote unquote. And he looks up from underneath his eyelashes. And listener, if you remember back to our very first episode. <laughs> On the hating game. Rachel and I were discussing what the fuck that means. What is looking up from under your eyelashes? <laughs> but, and and I think we came to a conclusion there. I still don't know what the fuck it means. But Edward does it to Bella. And at this point, I was like, is Stephanie Meyer a romance reader? Mm-hmm. Because that is such a romance thing to do. And also, as I was re-listening this time, it just felt much more like there were much more classic romance moments in it. I think that I never really like processed as classic romance moments before. So yeah, I think like Stephanie Meyer has a lot of mass market paperbacks like stuffed under her bed that she read in preparation for this. Not stuffed under her bed, like framed. Displayed proudly on probably her very large and like well-crafted bookshelf that she like paid for with all her Twilight money. Mm-hmm. Stephanie, I I, w- I want that for you. I want like some smutty. I wish you want about BYU. This is only tangentially related, but it reminded me of it. Stephanie and I went to BYU, and I feel like for a school with like a they have like a sixty nine percent acceptance rate. Like you know, it's not a very selective school, but somehow they just like they've given us so many heavy hitters, just like in the world, like Stephanie Meyer, Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson's roommate was Ken Jennings the fucking jeopardy that like for a while he like held the record for longest jeopardy streak (laughs) yeah so bella is like my theory is that you are spider-man or batman like some sort of superhero and edward is like what if i'm not the hero what if i'm the bad guy and edward is constantly saying this he's constantly saying that he's dangerous and objectively i do understand like yes he wants to eat her yes he could eat her very easily yes like objectively he is dangerous but we're really never given any evidence and bella even points this out she's like i don't know like you saved my life like three times like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about we're never given any evidence that edward is dangerous and i just i kind of wish that we had been like i kind of wish that we got like a little Edward like a mini redemption arc like not necessarily like doing bad things to Bella and then being sorry about it but like I don't know just something (laughs) more something a little more spicy yeah I mean it's just he's just so dramatic like I don't know how Bella puts up with it because yeah like at this point there's no evidence that he's not like a bad boy it just sounds like he's trying to say like I'm I'm dangerous I'm bad I'm edgy and like just look at him like you're wearing khakis bro like what (laughs) 
the baddest he looks is is in the is in the movie when he puts on the Ray-Bans and he's like wearing like a dark mm-hmm. jacket that's different than his regular pea coat. And he's like, as long as I'm going to hell, that's like really his only bad boy moment. And it's probably why like that's his one sexy moment in that movie. <laughs> right. Like he's not even the one who handles like the underground like documents and stuff for the family. And he, like there's nothing like that. You know, that's all Jasper. Yeah, I just yeah. I want I wish you were a little bit dangerous. He has zero organized crime connections is what I'm saying. <laughs> if Twilight were a mafia romance, I really think it would have been a million times even like more popular. As popular <laughs> as it was, like it just would have skyrocketed. I also want to say in the movie, this is the scene. This scene takes place while Bella's like at the salad bar. I don't know why Forks High School <laughs> has a salad bar, but it does. And <laughs> something else I learned from the Catherine Hardwick Twilight director's guide is there's a scene in the movie. So the cover of Twilight, for those of you that don't know, is like these pale hands holding an apple. And it's like very iconic cover. And they recreate it in the movie where like they have an apple fall off the salad bar. I don't know why there's a whole ass apple in the salad bar, but it is. And Robert Pattinson's Edward Cullen catches it in his hands, like in the way of the cover. And... That scene apparently took them like hours to film because they could not get the apple to land in the right spot. And I just want, I like bless Catherine Hardwick. I remember like the squeals that went up in the movie theater when like that popped up as like a fun little fan service. She really cared about us. She really cared about the fans, Catherine Hardwick. She made it the like, she made the first movie the like weird angst fest that really encapsulated like what the book was and we didn't recognize her genius at the time but (laughs) I do now (laughs) so towards the end of their little lunch date Bella's like realizes that they're running late for class and she's like gotta go like aren't you coming it's biology right after lunch and Edward's like no I'm ditching today like and she's like oh well I have to go to class because I like he doesn't even explicitly invite her to ditch so she like goes to class and it turns out that they have in store today is blood typing which seems pretty cool like I actually would have loved this in high school because I like always wanted to know my blood type and for some reason like mom was really shady about it and always would be like oh yeah I know it but like it's written down somewhere and like I'll find it one day but like never did so I finally had to like donate blood at the age of like 19 in order to find out my blood type but Bella has the chance to find it out here but we never well I guess she does she already knows hers anyway the blood typing involves sticking yourself with like a little micro lancet and then putting it on like a card with some water. But the second Mr. the teacher demonstrates on Mike's hand, Bella starts getting woozy and almost passes out. So Mike has to like take her to the nurse, okay? And as soon as they get like a little bit far away, she's like, let me sit down for a second, like please. She doesn't sit down. She lies on the literal ground. Oh my God. I wrote the note. She literally lies down on, she's like, my face was pressed against the concrete. And I'm like, I understand, but girl, do you know how fucking dirty that sidewalk is? Like, geez, I hope Bella like had a nice skincare routine when she got home. Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's forks, I guess. The rain washes it away eventually. But as she's laying there, she hears a voice coming towards her. He's like, what's wrong with her or something? And she's like, no, no, please don't let it be Edward. <laughs> but it is Edward. And he scoops her up. And this is when we find out how much she weighs. She's like, he 
scoops me up as if I weighed 10 pounds instead of 110. And over Mike's protestations, protestations, I don't know, he starts carrying her to the nurse. And she's like, so what were you doing? Like, why were we doing skipping class? And he's like, I was sitting in my car listening to music. And she's like, wow, that's so normal. I expected him to be doing some like weird shit. I don't know what, I don't know what. For some reason, I just got like a vision of like Edward. This isn't, I mean, it's kind of weird, but like in the middle of the woods next to the school, but like specifically like chopping wood and listening to heavy metal music. Like I just imagine like someone like walking into the woods to like, I don't know, like smoke pot after school and like just sees him like, no, 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 just like going at like a log (laughs) and just being like, uh, I'm going to find a different spot. (laughs) He does have at least one. Is it good Charlotte? Some like it's not quite heavy metal, but like some. Uh, no, it's my rock. chemical romance. My chemical romance, yeah, it's here. Uh, CD, yeah, but like from so we we find out from Midnight Sun that Edward was indeed sitting in his car, but then he saw Mike carrying Bella, and like literally his first assumption was that Mike had killed her, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna need to avenge her death," and he's like, he literally like plans out how he's gonna like kill Mike and bury his body in the woods, <laughs> like hide it. <laughs> dramatic (laughs) (laughs) they're made for each other yeah they're fucking made for each other like first assumption no questions asked (laughs) like death uh and this is also like i really i relate to bella a lot in this scene um first her passing like immediately getting woozy is like me whenever i get a tattoo not because it like hurts but like at least like 10 minutes into the tattoo my body will just be like oh my God, we're being speared and then like try to pass out and like as a defense mechanism. And so like every time I'm like, it's tattoo artists, like it's a thing that happens to a lot of people when they get tattoos. Like it's a common thing. So tattoo artists always have like snacks, sugary snacks, like soda or like candy bars in their shop. And so like, I always know that I'm going to get a free snack whenever I get a tattoo because this will inevitably happen to me. And the first time I got it, the guy was like, Oh, yeah, like that that wasn't even that bad. Like, at least you told me before you actually passed out. Like, I had a guy who I was doing like a back tattoo oh and he passed God. out and then he shit himself. <gasps> and then he woke up again and was like, oh, keep going, dude. And the oh tattoo artist was God. like, no, <laughs> you go clean yourself off. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that the person was like somehow, you know, sitting up or some some way that like if you passed out, you'd move. And so like the tattoo got messed up or something. No, 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 no. No, when you do a back tattoo, you're like laying on a – Sure, sure. I just think, yeah. Yeah, no, but he shit himself. That guy – I was like sucking my dumb-dumb and then like tattoo artist was telling me the story. <laughs> no. I was like, cool. He probably didn't realize to be fair. No, no, no. I thought it was fucking hilarious. You like know, he didn't realize that he shit himself is what I'm saying. No, no, no. Yeah, but the tattoo artist was like, oh, no, you got shit all (laughs) over yourself, bro. Like, he was like, it was bad. Like, it wasn't just a little poop. It was like a bad poop. Anyway. Wow. Anyway. uh, Another thing that I relate to Bella to in this scene is the fact that she can smell blood, which is like a new development. So... Bella's like, I can smell. Edward is like, oh, you pass out at the sight of blood. And Bella's like, it's not the sight of blood. It's the smell of blood. It smells really bad. And I remember when I first read Twilight, I would have given anything to be able to smell blood. (laughs) I would be like, oh, my God. Like, I want to be like Bella so bad. But I couldn't. And I believed Edward, who allegedly has, like, three medical degrees. But you'll soon learn. Clearly, he's faking that because – Humans can't smell blood. 1920. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) 
because later on, like in the last few years, I have somehow, I guess, developed the ability to smell blood. So I always knew what the smell of blood was like because I get nosebleeds pretty frequently. And like anyone a little a little gross here, but like if you get nosebleeds, like eventually if they're super heavy, the blood will end up in your mouth because again, your ear, nose, and throat are connected. And so you can taste it. And so your taste and your smell are the same and I know what blood smells like, basically. And one day you, Rachel, came into my room to like show me, for whatever reason, you wanted to show me the cut that you had made while shaving. And I literally, I was like, you have to get out of my room right now because oh, like I'm going to fucking throw up at the smell of like this blood. And it was like the first time that ever happened to me. And I was like, oh my God, I have officially disproved fake Dr. Edward. <laughs> like humans can smell blood. I was probably trying to show you my ankle because everyone knows like ankle which is like profusely like never stops bleeding. Yeah, I, again, I don't know why you were trying to show me it. <laughs> I gave you an iron pill like a few weeks ago and you couldn't eat it, which is so weird. Oh, yeah. She gave me an iron pill and it immediately started dissolving as soon as I like swallowed water. And it, oh my God, I wanted to fucking vom. It's it's so bad. <laughs> the bell of fainting and smelling at the, at the sight of blood never comes back. I did realize when we were listening, because I did make that note, when at the end, when she's bleeding, she is like, oh, I smelled the blood and I started to like pass out there's like Mm -hmm. one sentence but like otherwise the many other the many 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 other times she bleeds in this series never once she's Mm -hmm. like I started to pass out at the smell of blood so I just feel like that really like that's a really interesting plot point that's like Stephanie could have done more with it Mm -hmm. it's just like one more thing that would make it hard for them to be together like whenever whenever Edward is like having his monthly treat of Bella's tampon popsicles I was like, I can't be in the same room with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, like, how does she? I don't even know. Like, how does she even change her own tampon? Like, what? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. So they get to the nurse's office. Bella lies down. She does not get a snack or a juice box, which is like very rude because she didn't eat lunch, if, as we remember. <laughs> um, but only a few minutes later, someone else starts getting brought in, and Edward's like, "You gotta get out, Bella," because like he's you know actually bleeding, and she's like, "I know. I can smell it." Like I, like I just told you. <laughs> um, and so and this, they get out of there. This is when he gives her like the fake doctor advice that humans can't smell blood. Mike is the one who brought the other person in. And he's like, I'll see you in gym. And she's like, oh, gym. Edward's like, leave it to me. And so he like gets her out of gym by saying like, can she just go home to the receptionist? And then they're walking outside and she's like, all right, see you later. And tries to start like walking off to her car. And instead of being a normal person and being like, I want to drive you home, he grabs the back of her jacket and starts dragging her towards his car. Like, Edward, this is like one of your worst looks. Like, dude, for what? I don't. I don't like and then it. she's like, oh, I thought about running, but I knew he would just, like, catch. He, like, shoves her against the car, like, th- literally throws her into the car door. And for someone who later on is going to be like, I could try to stroke your face and accidentally crush your skull. It's bold of him to be, like, manhand- like throwing her into yeah. cars like this. Also, right before, right before this, she's like, you know, it's, like, obviously it's forked, so it's, like, misting a little bit. And she, like, puts her face up to the rain to, like, wash it clear of, like, the sweat or whatever. And we find out from Midnight Sun that he's like, oh, she's – the reason she can do that is because she's not like other girls. She doesn't wear makeup. Like, they would never do that. Gross. <laughs> Get out of here. Miss me with that. Especially because the one time in this book that Bella will be wearing makeup, it's waterproof mascara. Okay. 
So they get into Edward's Volvo. He drives a shiny silver Volvo. And I would like to inform you all of what big Twilight fans we are. (laughs) So Stephanie Meyer, her brother, Seth, who runs her website, is a very – is a car guy. He really likes cars. So on her website – I don't know whether it's still on her website, but on her old website – there was a whole section that was like, these are the cars that the Cullens have. Like, these are exactly the makes and models. And Edward's Volvo, which never appears in the fucking movie. They never give him this brand of Volvo in the movie. But his Volvo was a Volvo S60R. The R is like the sports version. Like, it is still it's speedy. there. It is still there. Thank God. Good for you, Stephanie. Uh, so you can go look that up. But we had that car. We didn't have a silver version, unfortunately, because we bought it used. But we had the car. The version on her website is gray. It's fucking gray. It's not silver. It definitely was silver at one point. Yeah. She's changed that picture there. Okay. It was definitely silver when I first saw it. And I remember thinking it was a really fucking ugly car. But that's because it's supposed to be like the most normal. Like the rest of them drive sports cars. And Edward has like the sports version of this Volvo sedan. So we had the same car as Edward. So like beat that. And if you stick around for our episode on New Moon, you'll hear an even more fun fact about how much bigger Twilight fans we are than everybody else. (laughs) So they're driving along and Bella's like, oh, we're going so fucking fast, but I don't even notice because Edward drives so smoothly. And this starts the debate of like, how good are the roads and forks? I remember them being really good. So like, it's it's definitely possible. I understand. I understand this, but. Okay, so my thing is, like, no matter how good a driver you are, even if you're driving perfectly straight all the time, which, like, Edward is, he's, like, always, like, he never veers, like, from the center of the lane, there are still going to be fucking rocks and shit on the road. And Forks is a wet place that does get freezing, so you know the pothole game there is wild. And I just, like, no matter, even if it's not, even if it's, like, literally a newly paved road, there are still going to be like little bumps on it. Like no matter how fast you're going. But that's my thing is like picture you're on a bike, okay? And you're driving on like a rough like gravel path or a pothole road. If you're going really slow, you're going to like go in and out of every divot. Versus if you're going really fast, you just like zoom, like glide right on top, you know? I Yeah, I understand this, but like still. Like yeah. unless – also unless Edward's like running red lights. Another thing that happens during the car is that Edward puts on a CD – and Bella's like, oh, I love this song. And he's like, you know this song? With like total shock. But it's fucking Claire de Lune by, <laughs> as Ileana pronounces it, WC. Um, they like bond over it. It is a bop, which is why I forgive him for being French. But- sure. Uh, but, why, but Edward being like, I am shocked. Like, literally the most, like, this fucking heart and soul and, like, the entertainer are, like, the three <laughs> most popular, like, piano lesson songs. Like, what? Yeah. Everybody fucking knows Claire de Lune. Yeah. At this point, like, Ocean's Eleven has come out and they play Claire de Lune at the end of that movie. Like, it's been used, like, in a mainstream action movie. Everybody fucking knows Claire de Lune. It's not my favorite WC song, though, but. Is yours fucking Moonlight Sonata? No, Arabesque, number one. Can you tell that we're big WC fans? Oh, oh <laughs> you're a fan of WC. Named three of his albums. I'm still not sure how to pronounce the name, though. Like, I'm saying that because that's how you Again, it. it's it French, and so, so I will not be bothered it, to pronounce it. It's so it. absurd. You know, he, you know who he kind of looks like? Zach Galifianakis. <laughs> he really does, though, I think. 
And you know, I probably wouldn't even remember the name Zach Galifianakis except for that song that's like, woke up with a strange tattoo. It, it kind of looked just like you mixed with Zach Galifianakis. Okay. Not you know, <laughs> a little bit. I I see it a little bit. He kind of looks like Zach Galifianakis mixed with Leonardo DiCaprio. Uh, but like current, uh, current. No Leonardo DiCaprio. No, no, no. Oh, current Leonardo that. DiCaprio. Like old up, Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Not he looks younger. a hell of a lot like Zach Gal, especially from the side. Yeah. Okay. Well, good to know. Zach Galifianakis wrote Claire de Lune confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Galifianakis is actually an immortal. Zach Galifianakis. Guys, <gasps> it's all coming together. All right. Edward is such a gatekeeping WC fan because it's actually Zach Galifianakis. And he's the one who lets them time travel back to a time when there is an overpopulation of predators. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's all coming together. Yeah. I love it. So, yeah, they're talking. Um, at one point, Bella is like, my mom says I was born 35 and got more middle-aged every year. Oh. Well, someone had to be the adult. And I was like, bitch, so girl. you admit it. So you admit your mom is, like, actually neglectful and abusive. <laughs> like, it's not what, the, fault, what the fuck? I'm just like, you need to see. This is Bella needs a therapist just so she can see how shitty a mom Renee is. She basically goes no contact, though, by the end of this whole saga. Yeah, good for her. Good for so. unintentional no contact. Good for yeah. her. <laughs> and Renee probably doesn't even notice. Like I was saying, like she probably is like on her way to having her replacement child any day now. So... So she's like, are you going to be in school tomorrow? And Edward is like, no, Emma and I are starting the weekend early because part of the Cullen story is that they go camping as a family pretty frequently, which is actually just a cover for them not having to be outside in the sun. And they're like, we're going to go hiking in the Goat Rocks Wilderness, which is a place that we have been during our Pacific <laughs> Northwest road trip to visit all these Twilight places. And Bella is like, oh, okay, that's fine. And they're actually going there to go like, bear eating um bella doesn't know this so she gets back to charlie and she's like have you heard of the goat rocks wilderness and charlie's like why and she's like some kids for school are thinking of going camping there and charlie's like not a good place for camping too many grizzlies <laughs> and i'm like oh you're you're killing the grizzlies now so emmett's backstory is that he was a got in a fight with a grizzly bear <laughs> So confirmed Emmett would not survive, like, win a bear attack. He got a fight with a grizzly bear and then Rosalie found him and was like, I'm in love with a vampire imprinted on him. And then she, like, carries him back to Carlisle and turns him into a vampire. But so as because Emmett is a petty bitch, his favorite snack is grizzly bears, particularly irritable ones, right after they come out from hibernation. So, like, these poor bears have been sleeping the whole winter. Mm -hmm. They poke their heads out of their cave. And there's this dickhead vampire ready to throw hands. And he, like, he doesn't kill them quickly. Like, in Midnight Sun, we see, like, Edward's, like, watching Emmett fight a grizzly bear. God. <laughs> poor it's probably, bears. like, the least efficient time to slurp them up, too, right? Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming, though, like, you know, bears, like, gain a lot of weight after after hibernation in preparation for the next hibernation and i'm assuming blood flow goes up commensurately with that you know oh i don't know yeah like, i don't it know just seems ex extraordinarily inefficient and rude frankly just very mean yep mean spirit but yeah so confirmed emmet human emmet would not survive a bear attack i don't think a single goddamn person except maybe jessica and maybe jacob black before, like Jacob Black, even before he turns into a werewolf, would survive. Would survive a bear attack. 
I think Jessica <laughs> can do it. Again, I think Jessica, she just has that like feral energy in her. Like I think she could just go absolutely buck wild. And she's small, so she could like dodge, dodge. easily. Yeah. And we know that her hair adds at least four inches to her height. Yes. So like the bear yes, tries yes, to yes, swipe yes. and all it gets is yes, yes, yes. It's like that sheep. So I saw this <laughs> this video, this like one of those like informational Facebook videos about this sheep who escaped <laughs> from who got like lost in the wilderness and then they found him like I don't know like a year later. I forget how long later, but it was a while later. And for those of you that don't know, sheep have to be sheared. Like they have to get sheared every year because their wool will just not stop growing. Like it will just grow until they like die from heat stroke. So this sheep was out in the wilderness. He wasn't getting his like yearly shave. And his wool grew so thick and matted that the reason he survived, they think, is because predators were just incapable of biting into him. They just, like, kept getting mouthfuls of wool. <laughs> and so that's what I'm imagining is, like, Jessica fighting this bear. Like, the bear yeah. tries to eat her head and just gets, like, a mouthful of her, yeah. like, perm. Yep. I think Rosalie, pre-transformation, also has had a chance of surviving a bear attack. I don't know that Rosalie would have been able to survive a bear attack. I think post-transformation Rosalie. Obviously. No, 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 no. I'm talking like Rosalie's personality post-transformation, if she, even if she weren't a vampire, Mm -hmm. 100% would be able to survive a bear attack. Like, That's what I was going to say. She's beating like the shit out of that bear. Yeah. But before her transformation, I don't know that she would have. Here's the, I think the difference. I think Rosalie always has the had the inner strength to survive a bear attack. But I don't think she knew. She believed that she had the inner strength to survive a bear attack before she got turned into a vampire. Yeah. No, I agree. I was going to say something along the lines of that. Like, it depend, would depend if it happened, like, before or after. But, like, it would have to be an alternate timeline where, like... I just picture, like, post-vampire but not a vampire. Like, post-vampire personality but not a vampire and still a human Rosalie, like, carries around a knife. Like, a switchblade in her pocket at all oh, times. For sure. And, she... like, would immediately, would somehow know how to, like, gut the bear in the exact right place. Yeah. She's, like, rigged it to the point where it's, like, you know how Spider-Man, like, shoots webs out of his fingertips? She shoots switchblades and or pepper spray. (laughs) (laughs) She just, like, presses a button and it's, like, (laughs) (laughs) Also, her teeth, definitely capped. Um, (laughs) For sure. For sure. She She wears, like, stylish rings, but, like, they're actually, like, brass knuckles. Darts, yeah. (laughs) Poison darts. So... Edward drops Bella off at home. If, is this when he like breathes on her and she's like, "Oh my god, I just no, no, no." That's later. Okay. That's they're not they're not dating so, yet. No, next is the fucking beach trip. Much hearkened, much anticipated beach trip. <laughs> um, it's allegedly in the '60s, which is pretty warm for winter. So like, it actually doesn't sound that miserable. And oh, oh. One thing we forgot to mention is that after the nurse situation, Bella had, like, run into Mike or something with Edward, and the beach trip got brought up, and then afterwards, Bella's like, are you coming to Edward? Like, are you coming to the beach? And he doesn't say no, and he's like, where is it? Like, which beach? Where are you guys going? And she's like, oh, you know, La Push. And then he's like, oh, no, I can't. So setting up a little something-something there. (laughs) So they all head down to the beach in Mike's mom's van. And we're not clear on a – allegedly they're going to first beach. 
We've been to First Beach and it does not look like how it's described. Wasn't it, it was like Second Beach that is like much closer. No, no, no. Okay. So she combines, Stephanie Meyer combines the descriptions of First Beach and Third Beach in mm. this because First Beach has, so at one point she describes there's like a big forest and there's the beach in the book is like forest and then a bunch of like. And then the beach and the beach has a bunch of like driftwood and has tide pools and the tide pools and the driftwood are on third beach and first beach has the forest. And so the parking com- lot and like can't walkable to town. No, no, no. Third beach. The one in town is third beach. Mm. You sure? Maybe I'm mixing them up. I don't know. So either way. Either way. Yeah. The one with the forest, the one with the tide pools and the driftwood is the one with the parking lot and, you have and to, like, the Quilly Reservation town. Yeah, and the one that like looks more like it, you have to like trek to get there, like through the woods. It's not just like by yeah. the parking lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's very beautiful. Huge driftwood trees, um, beautiful God, waves, so rocks, beautiful. as promised. Um, yeah. Beautiful Highly tide recommend. pools. Yeah. Yeah. It's just – it's lovely. Uh-huh. And – Bella has never seen a driftwood fire, I guess. And Mike, <laughs> let me show you. And it's great. And then they all I've go. I've never and, like, seen a driftwood fire. I want to see one. It's described as like point. being really pretty. Yeah, it's true. I don't know why I'm roasting Bella for this. Um, so they all go on like, a little, <laughs> a little trek to the tide pools. And when they come back, their group has grown because some teenagers from the reservation have come to socialize. So Bella gets back. She goes and sits down next to Angela, and Mike. <laughs> comes up and offers them an array of sandwiches a, a tray of sandwiches and an array of sodas to choose from <laughs> we've said we said a little bit earlier how like accurate of a teenage boy edward is for as accurate as he is mike in this situation is like totally balances that out and like wipes the slate clean because like i'm sorry maybe mormons are different but like Offering me not even just like a sandwich and a soda, an array of sodas to choose from, and and bringing them to me, not right. like sit, standing squatting by the cooler right. across the fire and be like, "Yo, anyone want a coke?" And yep. then like throwing it throwing to me it. so that it gets all shaken up and explodes right. all over me when I open <laughs> it. Like that's the realistic scenario in this situation, even for a boy that has a crush on you. I learned recently that. Mormon churches have like these teen dances every month where like a bunch of I forget what it's called it's like a steak dance and all the churches get together and like have a big teen dance and it reminded me of like the dances that would be held at like our local health club slash gym monopoly in our town that like I lived for like they're amazing so like I get it like I get I never this is the first time that. I've really seen the appeal of Mormonism um but <laughs> is this like the kind of thing they teach there like offer your ladies like not just one well, soda I mean if <laughs> If they do, like, that good. Yeah. Like, chivalry is not dead in the Mormon faith. Yeah. (laughs) Like, God. So, uh, as I said before, so there are, like, other teenagers from the reservation. And one of them goes around and, like, like, one of them who Bella's like, oh, he looks really old, like, too old to be hanging out with us. He introduces the rest of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, but he looks, but he physically looks like a 25-year-old, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. But yeah. you'll find out why in New Moon. <laughs> yeah. Bella notices that when one of them is introduced, he, like, looks like a younger boy. He looks over with interest at her. And she's like, oh, he just has a crush on me, obviously. And so when he comes over to talk to her, he's like, Bella, he's like, Bella Swan or Isabella Swan. And she's like, yeah, what do you want? And he's like, I'm Jacob Black. Our dads are best friends. We used to hang out when we were little. And she's like, 
I or, fixed the car that you drive. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, And he's like, oh, you wouldn't know my older sisters, Rachel and Rebecca, which <laughs> let's not even get into how fucking weird it is that she named them <laughs> Rachel, Rebecca. She named them Jacob and then two of his wives are his twin sisters. Yes. Biblical. Like. God weird stephanie don't like i I know that was like intended as just like a sort of like i don't know bible inside joke like for her christian slash mormon readers but jacob is weird one of her weird like her one of her car brothers is jacob no 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 stephanie meyer seth and jacob seth and paul seth and paul paul is one of her brothers it's not jacob jacob is not a brother i literally just read this alton I'm sorry. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> Two of my brothers are obsessed. I simply call Jacob or Paul. Okay, we were both wrong. It's Jacob and Paul. <laughs> no, but there's Seth. Seth is one of her brothers. Seth is also one of her brothers. He's the car so brother. Jacob, so, no, Jacob and Paul are the only named car brothers on her website. Okay, but Seth ran her website. Sure, but the car brothers that she mentions my name. Anyway, it's fucking weird that Jacob is her brother's name. Paul, like, she must hate that brother. Like, he must be like, yeah, fleshy. Paul's a dick. Also, I mean, Jacob. <laughs> I don't think it was intentional, but like also I would be extremely angry if my sister named a character <laughs> like that after me. Um, Seth is the only one who like good. Super chill. Yeah. I would take Jacob Seth or this Heidi. book is great. Jake, Jacob sure. is this book and this book is great. Yeah. He's like, he's just cute. He's like cute little. He's like 14 years he's old. He's nice. so much younger than Bella. Yeah. <laughs> She's 17. She's like closer to 18 than 17 at he's this point. at this point, isn't he? No, he he's about to get his license. He just turned 15. He's like, Bella's like 17 and like a half and Jacob like just turned 15. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. That's sure. a significant oh, no. age I'm not, Yeah, I'm saying he's 15 and 14. That's all. Like, for a teenager. teenager. Yeah. But he literally like last week turned 15. Like that mm-hmm. was it. I do want to say also just a, more movie facts. So in the rest of the series, so Jacob is played by Taylor Lautner, teen heartthrob extraordinaire. And in the rest of the series, none of the Quileute members, except for I think Billy. I think Billy is Native American, the actor. But the rest of them are not played by Native American actors. They're just played by like tan men with dark hair. But Catherine Hardwick coming in clutch again. Besides Jacob, Jacob, who is just like a tan Irish person based on his <laughs> Wikipedia page. But like Sam and like another, some of the other like background characters are all like, I don't know whether they're Quileutes, but they're definitely Native American. No, I don't she, know where they, no, they filmed she it. literally she, just asked some random people. No, I know. No, no, yeah. no. That's what I'm saying. I, but I'm not saying, I don't think they necessarily, I don't think they filmed on the Quileute reservation. So I can't oh. say for sure that they're members of the Quileute tribe, but there are a lot of Native American tribes in that like stretch of coast. So they are. She literally just like went into town and was like, Anyone want to, like, have a few lines in this, like, movie that we're filming? And so they are. This is the one time that you yeah. actually have Native yeah. American actors playing Native American characters nice. in this movie. <laughs> and so, um, so okay, so Bella gets, like, this attention from Jacob. And Lauren, Bella's nemesis, who is one of those, like, very unnecessary characters. She hates Bella because Ty- she likes Tyler. She's like the comment at this time period, we were still like right. having that one female character who was just there to like be a bitch and show how For not no like reason, other girls yeah. the main character was. And she sees Jacob talking to Bella and she's like, I guess jealous. And she's like, Bella, what a shame that none of the Cullens could come today. <laughs> Didn't anyone think to invite them? <laughs> and before Bella can respond, old man Sam from across the fire interjects. He's like, the Cullens don't come here. But first, 
he makes sure to be like, do you mean Dr. Carlisle Cullen's family? And it's nice of him to confirm which Cullen's it is because you know, he's making sure not to start any like unsubstantiated rumors about like some completely unrelated Cullen family, <laughs> which I appreciate. And <laughs> this also makes me realize like, do you think that every time like the members of the tribe that are in the know, do you think every time they interact with people not in the tribe, they try to like slip in some passive aggressive comments about the Cullens that are not like explicitly outing them, but they like hope in the hopes that someone else will figure it out so that like they can expose the Cullens without having to break the treaty. For sure. 100%. And like the real reason that Billy is eventually so upset with Bella is not because he's like worried for her safety. It's because he's like, she, you finally fucking figured it out, but you're not loyal to us. Like, you're not outing them. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> because there's, there's no reason for Sam to, like, make this comment except to, like, stir shit, you know? The like, don't come here. Like, the Cullens aren't going to come there. It doesn't matter if Lauren knows or not, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? For sure. So Bella's like, something's up. And she's like, my plan is to flirt slash seduce Jacob into telling <laughs> me all the hot goss about the Cullens. And Jacob is a child, so he obviously is like, oh, my God, this, like, hot older lady is flirting with me. Like, this is fucking great. And he, like, naturally tells all. Because Bella already knows that Jacob's dad, Billy, doesn't like Cullens either. And so she already knows that, like, Jacob, there's a good chance he'll be in the know. And I I, I do want to say at this point we find out Bella's, like – in her head, she's like, oh, I'm not that good at flirting. And in Midnight Sun, not now, but like at some point later in Midnight Sun, we find out that the reason Bella's not good at flirting and the reason she never had a boyfriend was because she was too busy taking care of Renee. Like she's literally like, I did not have time to go on a date to the movies because I was too busy running the fucking household. And eventually everybody stopped asking. Like just Midnight Sun in general just exposes Renee to such a higher degree than this book does of like Stephanie Meyer like wrote Midnight Sun and because Midnight Sun didn't come out officially until like 15 years after Twilight. Stephanie Meyer was like fuck Renee like she just wanted to burn the whole thing down in Midnight Sun. She was like I held back in Twilight but like time to destroy Renee's reputation. It's good because like that is the biggest tragedy I feel like of Twilight the saga is that Bella has to like never speak to her mom again basically but as long as you know like I mean listen I'm not saying I'm not saying that Renee deserves to like think her daughter's dead but like mm. this bitch deserves to be cut out at least so Bella flirts with Jacob by looking up at him underneath her eyelashes etc <laughs> and he immediately she probably didn't even need to do that like he definitely would have just told her because he does not believe any of this he's like these are just legends my dad is paranoid like sam's a fucking dick ass like i hate him whatever this chapter is called scary stories mm-hmm. he's like <laughs> let me tell you a ghost story i'm gonna make it good for you <laughs> Ooh, baby baby <laughs> except jacob definitely does not go down on anyone just saying <laughs> jacob is not a generous lover no At least, like, later books Jacob is. This Jacob would be a generous lover. Mm -hmm. He'd be, like, bad at it, but he'd be, like, very enthusiastic. Yeah. So he, like, tells her stories. He's like, yeah, you know, we have our, like, legends, like, the flood, et cetera, et cetera. We also have the legends about the men who become wolves. And he's like, yeah, my ancestors. And she's like, werewolves? He's like, well, wolves who become men. Like, the wolves are our, like, friends. We We really dig them. And the reason they're the wolves is to fight the cold ones. And he's like super dramatic about what the cold ones are. He's like, they're super cold. <laughs> and like, yeah. And whatever. Then she's like, are the Cullens like that? And he's like, yeah, a bunch of them like came to our town 
a hundred hundreds of years ago in my not hundreds whatever in my great great grandfather's time and we made a treaty with them because they weren't supposed to be dangerous to people and this is all before he even like says that they're vampires whatever but he does tell that they're vampires in the book in the movie mm-hmm. he just calls them the cold ones and then Kristen Stewart goes and like googles cold ones and I'm just yeah. like how does like Budweiser not <laughs> like right. the cold one with the boys <laughs> My grandfather fought the cold ones. Prohibition. It's yeah, prohibition. Oh my god. <laughs> so Bella's like, are the Cullens like the cold ones? And Jacob's like, they're the same ones. Dun dun dun. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum. So Bella's like, oh my god, I figured it all out. Oh, so after he tells her, Jacob's like, will you prompt? Like, pr- please don't tell Charlie I told you any of this because him and Billy like already got into a fight when when like he found out that some of the people in the tribe weren't going to the hospital after Carlisle started working there. And this just makes me realize like the amount of damage the Cullens are causing the Quileute tribe over this two to three year period. Like not only are they turning them into werewolves and like making them, you know, need to drop out of school, but like people (laughs) haven't been going to the hospital. Like how many people just didn't get needed medical care because their doctor was a vampire. Like what? Imagine like you need to give birth or you break your leg. Like, what are you going to do? Book it up to Port Angeles? We've traveled this road and we've done the math on this. Like, it adds like a good, it's like an hour from Forks yeah. to Port Angeles. And it's 25 minutes in the opposite direction from Forks to the reservation. So it's like yeah. an hour and 25 minutes to the closest hospital. Like, what? Yeah. So if you want, listen, if you want to make reparations for that, donate to the <laughs> Quileute Move to Higher Ground Fund in the description of this episode also because i don't i mean i don't know like how much the story that jacob tells is like actually part of like the quileute culture but stephanie like the wolf thing is definitely like taken from the quileute culture Mm -hmm. like stephanie meyer really took a lot from the quileute tribe and like did not really give them anything for it so Mm -hmm. you know donate donate to the quileute move to higher ground fund to help them get out of the tsunami zone I honestly feel like there's like a slander lawsuit somewhere in there just for having like Jacob be the, the character that he becomes like later on. <laughs> God. Well, listen, you're in law school. You know what your path is. You become a lawyer. Then you become a judge. Then I bring the case or I get someone to bring the case because it would be a conflict of interest if I were be. bringing the case. If you were behind it, it would still no, be. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm secretly behind it. I'm like funding it, funding it with like dark so money I'm- from like our future Patreon or something. And so I'm then you rule in the Quileute oh, tribe's favor. <laughs> no. <laughs> Moving on. So Bella is like super floored by this and she goes home. She goes straight up to bed lays in her bed with her boots on in her dirty outside clothes with her fucking boots on that are probably covered in wet sand like girl that's like the nastiest shit i've ever heard and she listens on repeat to a on top volume a my chemical romance cd until she finally or muse or muse i'm not sure whether it's muse or so muse was stephanie meyer's muse during this book but like my chemical romance was also a big inspiration Mm -hmm. for twilight (laughs) um and this only works until like 5 a.m when she wakes up still in her jeans with a french braid with her fucking boots on Mm -hmm. and she like she can't fall back asleep so she gets up wriggles out a bit her clothes whatever and like putzes around in one of my like favorite montages she like takes a shower and then she goes and like 
boots up her dial-up computer, but because it takes so long to boot up, she has time to go downstairs and make herself a bowl of cereal and wash the bowl. <laughs> and I just love the, like, imagery. Like, I don't know why. I just, like, love this whole, like, thing. And I just – I'm imagining she's, like, mon- munching her cereal in the kitchen, and I'm just imagining, like, in the distance you hear – the dial-up sound (laughs) (laughs) and i don't know and then so like i don't know if this is the place to say it but like bella eats a lot of cereal for breakfast in this book and it just made me realize like i don't know how i blocked this out but like it made me realize that i ate cereal for breakfast for years like one bowl and like cereal at any other time of day like cereal for dinner cereal as a snack delicious wonderful satisfying cereal for breakfast there's like nothing worse. It's like not satisfying. You're hungry in less than two hours. It's like, I don't know where I got I just remember my like health teacher one time, for some reason she was like, yeah, she was teaching us about like serving sizes and like, you know, nutrition facts. And she was like, yeah. And so like, you look at this cereal nutrition fact and like, obviously no one eats like just have a cup. They eat like three cups. I remember being like, what? Like, you're crazy girl. But like, I should, that's what I should have been eating. I don't know if it would have worked better, but like, it was just it was not it cereal for breakfast like girl whatever Bella's in high school two, it's like two two things about that one I think you probably were eating more than half a cup because half a cup of cereal is like nothing it's still not remember enough. I measured it once and it was nothing yeah. second of all I have a confession to make what I had a bowl of cereal for breakfast this morning <laughs> and how much later were you hungry uh that is my only meal that i've eaten today i think the reason it's so unacceptable (laughs) for breakfast especially when you're leaving the house is because you can't continue to eat afterwards you know like i think that's why it's fine at night or at dinner because if you get hungry again you can just eat because you're already home whereas if you have to go to like first period english class and then second period you know gym or whatever like you can't there's no like snack time in high school, unfortunately. Well, there was for me. I just snacked endlessly in high <laughs> sure. school. Even if the syllabus was like no food in class, nobody ever called me out on it. <laughs> They're cool. Bella has her bowl of cereal and then she goes back up and <laughs> she has to sit on her computer and shoot down the like thousands of pop-ups that have like shown up in the time that it's taken her computer to boot up. And like, <laughs> I remember having dial up, like I was old enough to remember that and like, you should not have that many pop-ups unless you have, like, you have a virus or something, girl. Like, what? <laughs> like, yeah, what? So, finally, she can procrastinate no longer. And she types in the word vampire. And then sifts through a lot of things before she gets to the infamous vampires A to Z. Which does not exist, I checked. No. <laughs> I literally, I shit you not, I went through, and this was, like, 10 years ago. So, this was even before, like, Twilight got really big. It was before the first movie came out. And I went through fucking like the first hundred pages of search results looking for it. Va- I even did the special where you like put it in quotes. So like it specifically Brilliant. shows vampires yeah. A to Z. Nothing does not exist, unfortunately, sadly. So she goes through and like looks through all of them. And there's like nothing that really sounds anything like the Cullens. Um, The only like good vampire is the Stragoni Benefici Italian vampires. Which sounds like a fucking pasta dish. Yes. <laughs> Delicious. It sounds very benefici to Michi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to argue that the Filipino denag, as you tried to argue, is beneficial because it taught the humans how to plant taro. However, yeah. it still eats a woman in the end. Accidentally. No, it wasn't on purpose. And you were like, oh, but it planted food for the humans. Like, yeah, in the same way that we plant grass for a cow. Like, I'm just saying the way that that story is told implies that that was like the first time they ate a person. 
So I mean, one time I, like, is and then clearly they frankly. stopped. They like ran away. Like they're not. They don't live with the humans anymore. Yeah, they learned like, their they lesson. Chase them away. Justice for the Filipino vampire. You know what it is? It's it's Western centric racism. That's what it is. Judging the Filipino vampires. It seems mm-hmm. like the Filipinos were also judging the Filipino vampires. No, they were chill with them until they ate one of them, and yes. then they were like, "Okay, you need to leave." Yes. And then the Filipino vampires respected sure. the Filipino people telling them to leave. Sure. I'm just I like nothing. I feel like bad. Well, it's Bella's so judgment. That's the only. That's not a good one. I don't think it's a good yeah. one. But <laughs> I respect. I do respect your opinion. <laughs> I will eat another. The perfect way here. Vampires to the Filipino. <laughs> I will eat another. <laughs> All right, so Bella reads this. Well, <laughs> if like, I can find that meme, I'll link it below. <laughs> so Bella shut, like, turns off her laptop without even properly shutting down. <laughs> without she even properly the main power switch instead of yeah waiting. Yeah, she's like, I don't even properly shut it down. That's how angsty I am. And she goes outside. She goes for a walk in the woods, and somehow she knows the names of all the fucking trees that she's passing simply because at one point ten years ago, Charlie pointed them out. Like from the window. And I'm like, bitch, I live in an area with all these trees and I can't even tell you what they're fucking called. I don't know what an oak tree looks like. I was about to say she was able to memorize a map. However, this is completely inconsistent because she can't this this just proves that it's not that she's bad with names. She just made zero effort to memorize names. Because if yeah. she she can use her memorization on auditory information. So like she she can do the trees names. So Bella, yeah, goes for her little like angry mental health walk and she sits down to brood and what conclusion does she come to allison she's basically just like okay so edward's definitely a fucking vampire and uh i don't really give a shit i'm gonna ask him about it the next time i see it this is in no way a big deal and so the next day she goes to school but unfortunately it is still sunny outside and this was mentioned before but bella basically apparently like is the kind of person who like agonizes about decisions but then once the decision is made she's like good and like never looks back that's like a one of her core personality traits and like i'm so jealous of her in this respect that she like feels relief instead of like constantly second guessing i've definitely like as i've grown older become more like i i agonize about a decision like for fucking months like there was shit i was talking about therapy for months that i know my therapist was like oh my god here she goes again like let's say the same pro con list but then like i i come to the decision and i'm like okay that's cool now i don't have to think about anymore but i definitely agonize a lot if the decision is something that like i had to like commit to something external and there's like you know it's impossible to change like yeah then i'll like just make my peace with it usually but if it's something that I still have the power to change, like, no. No. I've definitely become more like Bella, which I think yeah, is a good thing. It's good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So the next day is sunny and Bella's so excited that she decides to open her window in her bedroom. And she's like, <laughs> wow, it's so – it opens without a squeak. That's so weird because I don't think anyone's opened these hinges for 10 years. Remember that, listener. How oh did God. the window get so smooth? <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing good. So she goes to school the next day. Before she gets there early, because she like didn't even look at what time it was. And she's like just doodling on a bench when Mikey Boy comes over to flirt with her. And first she's like, oh, it's so nice to talk to him just as a friend. But then he like touches her hair and like asks her to dinner. And she's like, fuck. 
Also, before this, what she ended up doodling was five pairs of black eyes. It's fucking Edward's creepy ass eyes. And <laughs> speaking of Edward's creepy ass, he's watching her from the woods. And he's like super jealous of my. He's like, Mike pushed her hair behind her ear. And I'm so jealous of him. Fuck him. Rip him, kill him. him. This is in Midnight Sun. Yeah. Yeah. And this is when Bella is finally like, all right, I have, I'm done beating around the bush. She's like, Mike, I'm not going to dinner with you because that would hurt Jess's feelings. And then he has this like eureka moment where he's like, oh, so the reason Jess asked me out like multiple times is because she has a crush on me. I thought she just wanted to borrow my hair gel. He's so fucking <laughs> like, He's like, I thought he just, she just wanted advice on how to frost her tips like mine. Yeah, God. And so, oh, like the night before, Jessica had called Bella to invite her to go shopping with them for dresses for the dance, even though Bella's not going and it was going to be like her them and lauren and angela right right i meant jessica angela about whatever so mike asks jess out instead so they have to postpone their trip which is yet another trip that it's like so rare. like why did you even mention it why does it matter that it was postponed like why not just be like and then after her date jess called to ask if i wanted to go shopping the next day you know like why yeah. are you foreshadowing for a non-existent whatever so well, poor Angela's is, ends up being pretty important. Mm-hmm. So Bella is so depressed, TM, that that afternoon, instead of, you know, they're not going shopping anymore, she goes home and decides to read outside because it's nice out. And <laughs> she, like, picks up her Jane Austen anthology. She's like, what should I read? And she's, like, flipping through it. And she's like, oh, I read Pride and Prejudice most recently. So I'll just, like, choose at random. And she chooses Sense and Sensibility. And then she's reading and she's like, oh, my God, Edward Ferrars. And she's like, I can't fucking read this. And then she like flips to, I forget, uh, is it Mansfield, Mansfield Park, Park? I think. Where the hero yeah, is yeah. Edmund. And she's like, that's just too close. And then she like throws the book away and falls asleep. And then she wakes up to the feeling of being watched. Why does she feel like she's being watched, Allison? Because creepy boy Edward is once again in the trees by her house. <laughs> he's actually up a tree this time. He's like, I don't know. Literally just watch, like peering out at her. Just fucking watching her like an owl or something. God, so she wakes up because Charlie comes home and she like runs in. She has to make dinner. Which, for the record, this is not Charlie making her make dinner. This is just her, like, falling into her predetermined role. Yes. And also, like, Charlie does her. multiple times. He's like, Bella, I fed myself for, like, 18 years before you got here. Like, you don't have to take An care of me. An adult being able to feed themselves? I thought that's why children existed. What? <laughs> and so this is when we find out that Bella's hair is definitely not curly. Fuck you. Okay. It's because curly. she's describing Charlie and she's like, his hair the same, his curly hair, the same color, if not texture as mine, which means that their hair is the same color, but not the same texture. Except it could also mean it's the same color and it's even the same texture. Here's my thing. You cannot, you, when I finally got you to figure out how I'm seeing this, you Mm -hmm. admitted that like same color if no. not the same blank, if not the same blank, can be used in that context. Yes. I see where you're coming from. You're thinking of it in the context of like talking about someone and you're like, she likes, if not loves pink. Like she is in like, you're saying the second part for emphasis, right? Like she doesn't just like it. She loves it. But the way it's meant here is like the dog was friendly, if not cute. You know, it's two different things. It's not like for emphasis. The dog was friendly, if not cute. So the dog's ugly, but at I least disagree. it's friendly. You know, Agreed his hair is the same color, but think, not the same texture. I think Bella has curly hair. In my head, Bella has no. curly It's not like super curly, but she definitely has some like curls. No. I'm imagining it like kind of straight at like wavy at the top and then like the bottom curls. I'm imagining it. So we also find out that her hair is waist length. So I'm imagining it as just like every like 
stereotypical fundamentalist Duggar, like straight ass, lanky, oh, never been trimmed in its no. life hair. Unfortunately. Oh God. Possible. Yeah, that's the thing. Waist length hair. I mean, waist length hair isn't specific to Stephanie Meyer. Like that's a like. I feel like so many times authors say a heroine has waist length hair, and I'm like, I just don't think most people realize how fucking long mm -hmm. and especially annoying waist length hair is. Mm -hmm. Like I, my hair is like. I would say maybe like a few inches above waist length. And I regularly get people being like, wow, your hair's so long. This is where I get, I always get ripped off because I'm tall. So any length of hair will always look shorter on me. You know what I mean? It's like inherently harder for me to grow my hair out, whatever. Okay. Anyway, my point is that I regularly get comments about, wow, your hair is so long. And I also regularly get fucking annoyed with how long my hair is and the fact that it gets trapped in my armpits and just like the fact that it takes so long to wash and dry. Am I going to cut it? Probably not. But my point being is I don't even have waist length hair and I just can't imagine how much more annoying having waist length hair would be. And I just think people just don't realize how absurdly long. Like I think when people say waist length hair, I think a lot of times they're thinking like shoulder blades. And that's what I pictured for a long time. Yeah. To be honest, looking at Google Images right now, though, it's actually shorter than I was thinking. Because I think I was picturing like butt length for some reason, even though I know that's like not where your waist is. That's like what I was picturing. But you could see it on the street and you wouldn't be like, whoa, that girl's hair is crazy. Sure, but it's still frustratingly long. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just oh, saying sure, a lot of sure, authors yeah. give for sure. characters waist length hair and I'm like I don't think you fully understand what yeah. waist length hair is and again like I I suffered from that as well like for a long time I thought waist length hair when people would be described as having waist length hair I would picture like mm -hmm. down to their shoulder blades like I would not picture this absurdly long hair mm -hmm. yeah the only the only situations in which I find like waist length hair acceptable is if it's like a historical context and the heroine like takes down her like freshly styled bun <laughs> and it like yeah. tumbles like fine. and then I picture it being like super ratty though like for sure. sure or like yeah whatever modern day I'm like nah <laughs> mm -hmm. most people are definitely not putting up with hair that long okay so next day it's once again sunny and Bella's depression deepens <laughs> quote unquote so she's she's now like gone past the point in which a sun lamp would help her and now it's only the the bright shine of Edward's eyes that will bring her back to life. Yeah. <laughs> she needs that vitamin D, not D as in whatever <laughs> D stands for, but D as in dick, <laughs> which she won't get for like two more years. So finally that night, it's time to go. And Lauren can't come. So Lauren, Lauren's just like totally un unimportant. So like, she, there's no reason for her to ever have been included, whatever. She's not there. And Jessica follows Bella home and picks her up. So they all drive together and quote, my excitement increased exponentially when we actually passed town limits. And honestly, like when I read this, this scene of them, like all heading out, like it really does for some reason, just like take me straight back to like that, like time in like the school year when it's like not quite spring, but it's like early spring to the point where like, if you, if you're in a cold weather place, you're like, Oh my God, it's 60. I can wear shorts. And it's just like that fresh, like new sun. I don't know. It's just like so, like yeah. nostalgic for me. This like scene, like it really, it's like the wet air sun. Like it really does just feel like the beginning of like spring. You can finally go outside again. You alerted to wearing shorts, and then like it quote so, it, like suddenly gets dark and cold. Even though it's like totally predictable that you'll be like moving, <laughs> <laughs> you still can't resist. And Bella's like the estrogen rush is invigorating. <laughs> oh my god! Which I, I guess, yeah. I don't know, Bella. Were you really in AP biology? I don't know. That's not how <laughs> that know. works. So yeah. 
<laughs> so they go to Port Angeles. They go dress shopping. Bella finds out that Tyler has been telling everyone that um, he's going to prom with her. So file that away. And that's why Lauren doesn't like her because Lauren has a crush on Tyler. And she's helping them shop for dresses. And Angela is, quote, overjoyed to have a date tall enough that she could wear high heels at all. Which, circling back, I think this is going to be now two weeks ago in the Charm Offensive. I mentioned how, like, beauty standards for women are all about, like, keeping you weak, physically weak. And this is just, like, once again, just, like, being gaslit. Like, oh, boys like tall girls. Like, no. Like, it just makes me mad because Angela, she's going with Eric, right? But she eventually starts dating Ben, who is shorter than her. And in Midnight Sun, we get this from Edward's perspective. And it's just, like, why didn't – I wish Stephanie felt saw fit to, like, include this in the main narrative because I never saw this happen once in my real high school with, like, ten times as many people as in Forks. And I feel like if she had included it – what with the grip that Twilight had on my psyche at this point, it would have been groundbreaking for young Rachel because it might have counteracted <laughs> that mean Yule Ball comment that probably no one else even notices, but that Harry makes in Goblet of Fire when he's like, it's like a fifth year girl asks him out and she he's like, he's like traumatized and he's like, she was a head taller than me. What were we we have looked like dancing? Like so stupid. And like it's moments like that that I remember anytime Aww. like someone always tries to tell me, like, oh no, but like being tall is so great. Like you're so like, I don't know. Or just like gaslight yeah. me. I'm like, no. No, I went to middle school. (laughs) (laughs) I was six foot in middle school. I remember. (laughs) Yeah. She does. At the end of this book, we do get like a throwaway like of Angela and Ben dancing. But it's like very much like in passing. Like that's just what I think of whenever anyone's like, oh, it's just because girls don't like boy. Like, no, no, it's patriarchy. Fuck off. Yeah. Girls are told to not like boys that are shorter than them. And boys are told that they're like wusses if they're dating a girl taller than them. We're all victims of the patriarchy. Spin facts. Rise up, my brethren. (laughs) (laughs) But in Midnight Sun, we get – so, like, Angela and Ben, like, think they can't date initially, which is realistic, okay? That's how it goes. But Edward is like, oh, that's so fucking stupid. I got to get them together. And he, like, sets up this whole thing. Yeah, like, they're in class. And he, like, stages this conversation with Emmett where he's like, hey, Emmett. You know that Angela girl? Like, she's super hot, right? Like, I think I'm going to ask her out. While, like, Ben is sitting two seats back. And Ben, because Edward can hear his thoughts, obviously. So Ben's, like, seething. And he's like, what? I can't let Edward ask Angela out. Like, he sucks. Angela needs to go out with me. Maybe I'll ask her out. (laughs) I love it. I love this little, like, weird – I feel, like, very out-of-character matchmaking Edward. It's in character because Angela's the only one that's, like, genuinely nice to Bella. Like, Angela's thoughts are, like, also nice about – whereas, like, Jessica is, like, outwardly nice to Bella. She, like, is always thinking mean things about Mm -hmm. Bella. But Angela's, like, a genuinely nice person. So Edward's, like, I gotta – I gotta give her, like – Throw her a little Yeah, it's like a gift like, for Angela. It's like a little a wrapped, little... a little Ben-sized wrapped present. Yes. Like I just imagine like little Edward like picking Ben up and just putting a bow on his head and just handing him to Angela and be like, for you. It's and a he's cat like... dropping a small animal before its owner. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, they're dress shopping. Um, Bella is like, Angela, are the Cullens always out a lot? And she's like, yeah, they go out camping whenever it's sunny. So like that's their cover story for why they're they're never out in the sun. But yeah, so they finish dress shopping. Bella has this like scheme where she's like, oh, I want to see if there's a bookshop here, which we've been to Port Angeles. I mean, it's not like a city, but like it's definitely large enough to have like oh, sure. a normal bookshop. Yeah, it's reasonable. I don't understand. It's reasonable that she would like look for it. She doesn't find it because so they have so no. Extra but time. I'm saying it's weird that she doesn't find one. 
But there's also like warehouses. Like my experience with Port Angeles is different than Bella's. Jessica just recommends like the wrong place, you know, like she maybe it's on like the other side of town or something because Jessica's like, oh, yeah, go to the bookstore. And then it turns out to be like a new age, like hippie dippy store that's not, you know, it doesn't have like a wide range of books. So Bella's like, I'm not going to go in. And so instead, she just like starts walking around, quote, wrestling with despair because she hasn't seen Edward in so long in like literally three days um three four days at this point no because he left on Friday and it's Tuesday okay whatever. whatever okay whatever she's wrestling with despair when she sees a shiny silver Volvo and it all comes crashing down over her <laughs> but listener it's not just any shiny silver yeah. Volvo, which you'll find out shortly. <laughs> it's Edward. But she's wandering around. Yeah. <laughs> Edward, like, putting his seat all the way back. He's just like, boom. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Bella keeps stewing in her juices, and she's walking, and she sees these, like, this group of, like, drunk guys. And she, like, skirts around them, and she walks, and she finds out she's in this, like, kind of more less populated like warehousey side of town which i don't remember seeing but we also didn't explore port angeles that much and then she realizes that like two of the guys are following her and she's like walking fast and she's like i don't want to run because i'm on the trip and then she turns the corner and she sees the other two guys and she was like i wasn't being hunted i was being herded which I just think is a really great line. Good on you. Good job, Stephanie. It's up there with like the blood puns that you make. I wasn't being followed. I was being herded. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like a freaking border collie. Most evil dogs. (laughs) I, as someone, as a victim of border collie herding, (laughs) let me just say. (laughs) Go on. Nothing else. I was herded once. I was over my friend's house for dinner, our neighbor. <laughs> and their fucking dog chased me upstairs into like her dad's office or something underneath a desk and like stood there guarding me. <laughs> so Bella has like a much worse version of that where she's being herded by these men and Bella is like, uh, she like puts her purse on like one shoulder and she's like I but I don't think they're they want to rob me like I like my spidey women's sense she's like I'm ready to drop it yeah she's like I know where my my uh pepper spray is right in my bag where I never unpacked it which like god didn't make did it make me actually like put my pepper spray in a place where I would be able to use it no but I do think about it yes (laughs) <laughs> well, I can't. I live in New York, and you're not allowed to have pepper spray in New sure, York, illegal, yeah. which I found out when I went first went to college. And mom was like, "I'm gonna buy you pepper spray," and I was like, "It's actually illegal." So mm-hmm. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> and yeah, so Bella, she's like preparing a big scream, but she's like, "I know I can't run. I know I can't fight them off. Like I'm too clumsy for that." She's like, "I don't know." Like bad news for Bella. And so I'm like in this situation, well, Bella, if only you had watched Miss Congeniality in which you learned to sing, which mm-hmm. stands for solar plexus instep, instep nose. nose groin. <laughs> <laughs> which she does know some of that stuff. Listeners, if you've been, yeah, she knows, but Bella's like, it's like she's like palm up in the nose to break it, like stick your finger in their eye to pop out their eyeball and I was like that's the attack what do you what do you kill Bill like Jesus Christ (laughs) like okay (laughs) yeah Bella's like swinging the purse and she's ready to like go ham so yeah guys listeners if you're ever being attacked from behind you hit them in the stomach and then you step on their foot and then you spin around and then you punt like slam home to the nose and then you knee them in the groin and then you run away as fast as you can towards a populated area. 
But Bella doesn't have time to show whether she knows Sing or not because a shiny silver Volvo comes screeching down the street and stops within inches of the baddies and the door is thrown open. I don't know how Edward fucking does that because his arm is definitely not long enough to do that. But he (laughs) throws the passenger door open and he's like, get in. And Bella's like, oh, my God, I recognize Edward's voice. And she jumps in the car and they screech off and start like driving super fast out of town. Yep. So they're screeching away and Edward is just like sitting there seething and Bella's like literally just in shock. Like she says she's not in shock. She's definitely in shock. She's just like gripping the seat. Doesn't even put her seatbelt on until he tells her to. And he's like, Bella, sometimes I have a problem with my temper, which like, yeah. I'm like, of course you do. You're 17. You're, you're a pubescent teenage boy. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, say something to distract me. Just like talk about something. And he's like, I just want to make sure, like stop me from like going back there and ripping their heads off. Like you don't know what they were thinking. Yeah. And she's like, neither do you. Which Edward does. Like, Wait. Yeah. And yeah. so. Which we drives- get in Midnight Side. Like we get yeah. Edward. Because the way Edward finds her is that he like saw her face in their thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so he like knows everything that they were planning on doing oh, to yeah. her. And it's like really like. Oh, yeah. Ripping their heads off would have definitely been Sure. And eventually he does like after his like impromptu date night with Bella that we're about to talk Mm -hmm. about he does go back he doesn't kill them he like rounds them up and then like drops them out off like in like knocked out in front of a police station and it turns out that like the lead guy like the rest of them were just like dumb like drunk men Mm -hmm. who were about to do something illegal but the lead guy was like a serial rapist slash murderer so like right like wanted in like five states so like Good, good for you, Edward. Solving crime. <laughs> Edward's like a vigilante. I guess he is a fucking superhero. Yeah, like, seriously. It's a vigilante well, justice. If they didn't have a history, like they wouldn't have gotten in trouble. But like, yeah, whatever. The one guy did. So Edward just like drives seemingly in a random direction, but then suddenly he slides in one uh, in one shot into a very small parallel parking spot, which made me think. It reminded me of that video you showed me of like I've seen this before, but like <laughs> the old timey cars had like an extra wheel on the back specifically to help with parallel parking, and I'm like. Did Edward yeah, just it allows you to like swing around like basically right. like, on like a fulcrum, like a hook, instead of having to right. do like the three-point turn. Like, like you yeah, just one go, thing Whoop. Edward, one thing Jacob Black and the, all of the Cullens have in common is a love of like tinkering with cars. Like Edward definitely could have just been like, you know, cars these days don't have this, but I know better because I'm from the fucking early 19th century. Right. He learned he learned to drive like when these cars right. were around. So right. So he's like, I'm not doing that. Of course my Volvo is going to have a retractable fifth wheel that will allow me to parallel park. Genius. And I advocate, would like to advocate to adding that to today's cars, please. (laughs) Yes. So Bella realizes that they're in front of the restaurant that she was supposed to meet Angela and Jessica. And she's like, how'd you know we were here? But like, going to run with it. And they get out of the car as Angela and Jessica are coming out of the restaurant because they ate without her, even though she was missing. And Jessica is ready to, like, as soon as she sees Edward, she's ready to, like, lie and just, like, go eat a second dinner to, like, she's so, like, curious. But Angela, like, beats her to the punch and is like, oh, sorry, Bella, we already ate. And Edward's like, I think it would be best if I just fed Bella and drove her home. Is that okay with you? And they, like, have no choice but to say yes. So (laughs) they go into the restaurant and this is the classic scene that I kept referencing in all of our earlier episodes. Finally, <laughs> we'll see the origin story of the hot like hostess talking to Edward. And she's like at least 19 or 20. And she's so hot. But she doesn't – but like Edward doesn't pay any attention to her. He only has eyes for Bella. And the waitress is the same way, like only talking to Edward. But he like totally ignores her. And Bella orders 
The first thing. Drum roll, the please. The mushroom ravioli. Yes. <laughs> You're unaware of this. So in the book, the restaurant is called La Bella Italia. And we didn't know until we literally, okay. <laughs> La Bella Italia is a real fucking restaurant. And like, I thought it was just Stephanie Meyer having a fun play on Bella's name. But no, it's a real fucking restaurant in Port Angeles. And they do, in fact, have mushroom ravioli. Amazing. That is the best fucking mushroom Amazing ravioli. mushroom I- ravioli. <sighs> so good. So, and it's like, listen, it was even before we actually ate it. It's like a universal experience, I think, for people who read Twilight that, like, for some reason, the mushroom ravioli just stands out for everybody of as, like, being something that just sounds so fucking delicious. And I really – I don't – I to this day, like, I still can't figure out why because it's not like it's described in, like, particularly sumptuous detail. But let me tell you, sounds Twilight amazing. fans alike, yeah. it stands up we to the fucking hype. went there with our brother and we all ordered. Obviously, me and Allison both got the mushroom ravioli, but Stefan ordered, like, something else foolishly. And I let him have one of my ravioli, and he ended up eating three quarters of the entire plate instead of his own meal. And so we had to order a third one that we had, <laughs> oh, we had to order. We should have gotten one to go, honestly, no. like and oh eaten God, it back at the so Airbnb. Good. And we didn't even know because we didn't know La Bella Italia was real. No. Well, we were looking for mushroom ravioli the entire trip. Yeah. So the whole trip, like once we made it into like Washington, we were like, googling like we were just googling like mushroom ravioli near me and so we were sitting (laughs) in the airbnb in forks and we were looking up mushroom ravioli near me because we were like (laughs) we're in forks we gotta have mushroom ravioli we'd already had some pretty subpar mushroom ravioli like in oregon but and then it popped up and i was like I literally just like stared at my phone in shock and I was like, no fucking way. Like La Bella Italia is real and they really do have mushroom ravioli. I think they had breadsticks. It was so, so if you are anywhere, like I would say like if you are within like an hour drive of Port Angeles, Washington, even more. I would drive two hours. If you're like in fucking Seattle, it's fucking worth it. If you're like any like drivable distance, go to La Bella Italia and have the mushroom ravioli. It's I have never had any I've never had ravioli that good. I've never had like the sauce was perfect. The mushrooms were like fresh and delicious. It was oh. I would put it like at top of the list of like any Italian food at a restaurant. I've had, I, yeah. Honestly. Like, it was like so even good. in Italy. Like this is like the farthest away from fucking Italy you can get. <laughs> and somehow they just perfect. Delicious. Incredible. So oh my God. La Bella Italia, if like somehow you can like send us. Yeah. If anyone, okay, so we tried to make across the country last summer and it went pretty well. Like the filling was pretty good, but we tried to make our own pasta without a pasta machine. It's just like simple egg pasta, but we could not. If anyone has any tips for getting like an egg pasta to be like very thin without a pasta machine, let me know because we, it just like, it yeah, tasted it okay, but it was too thick. Yeah. And it kind of fell apart yeah. as a result. Yeah, the filling was good. But even yes. even so, like I think even if we had had a pasta machine, it just would not have compared to the La Bella Italia mushroom ravioli. I think my ideal meal is exactly My mouth this. is like I'm fucking like I'm filled with saliva right now. Like it's Real just so Coke, much. If I could get rid of the guilt, the ingrained guilt that I is I has been drilled into me with drinking regular soda, breadsticks that you can rip apart and eat, and mm-hmm. La Bella Italia mushroom ravioli. God. It's we'll link so good. Menu, I literally, oh my god, I want yeah. some. We have to go back. <laughs> we have to yes. go back. 
We're gonna we just there. have to go there like oh. every night for a week. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Maybe they'll it's like so freeze it and good. send it. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, maybe they'll hear us. Yeah. If you're in any way connected with the LaBella, t- I hope it hasn't we closed. We do no, have. We looked it up. We, we confirmed that it hadn't closed during the pandemic. We do have quite a few listeners in uh, Washington. Washington State. I don't know how many, but like. I'm just saying, guys. Or Oregon. Like, it's definitely, I would say yeah. if like you're on the border between Oregon and Washington, definitely drive up there and then send us your pictures just so we can like live vicariously vicariously. like try to sniff the screen oh my god it was so fucking good so fucking good okay so anyway bella eats it it's like a core twilight memory like it's a again universal experience not just like for rachel and i like for some reason like everybody's like yeah that mushroom ravioli sounds really fucking good yeah. Even though it's only like actually mentioned like twice. Like <laughs> again. Pops the ravioli into his mouth. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, you're not eating, eat. Yeah. So they have a whole discussion. Again, once again, long winded and circuitous long-winded. and full of weird hypotheticals. <laughs> Bella's like, I tried to seem casual and it proceeds to blurt out like a million questions at once. <laughs> like- yeah. Well, understandable. And and basically the conversation ends with Edward admitting that he can basically admitting that he can read minds. Admitting that other members of his family have other superpowers, but not specifically saying what they are. And basically admitting that he's a vampire, but never saying it out loud. And I remember the first time I read this, I was like, wait. Because right after this conversation, Bella's like, about three things I was absolutely positive. First, Edward was a vampire. And I'm like, what? I was like, where in that conversation did you get confirmation that he's a fucking vampire? Because you guys were talking in circles this whole time. And I'm like, uh, I the, still, I feel car. like I would walk away and I would not be sure. I'm trying to think. He never says, yes, I'm a vampire. Oh, no. She, so there, so after they finish the he mushroom ravioli to- and they leave the restaurant, um, and Bella left her jacket in Je- Jess's car. Mm-hmm. So Edward gives her her jacket and she's like sniffing it. Um, cause he smells really fucking mm-hmm. good in the car. They have whole, she's like, Oh, like, do you get burned by the sun? And he's like myth. And like, do you sleep in coffins? And he's like myth. I can't sleep. And this is when this bitch cops to fucking watching her sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, if you were wondering why her window was so good easy to put up it's because like the second time he goes there edward brings a little oil like he's like clutching onto the side of her house like a fucking spider and he's just like like and then like pushes the window out to fucking oil it so that she doesn't fucking wake up from the squeaking jesus christ edward and then he also she asked the penultimate question how old are you and he says 17 and she says how long have you been 17 and he says a while <laughs> another thing the movie does great is they have yeah. this like, they need to be a vampire it's like this weird scene in the woods we've been to those woods <laughs> very mossy rocks very like alien planet dramatic love it but he's like she's like i know what you are and he like comes up behind her and he's well, like but first, no it. first the setup oh. is that they they're at school and they just make <laughs> eye contact and edward starts walking into the woods and bella just follows him like there's no communication she just starts following him into the woods what would have happened if, if edward had decided to eat her that first day like exactly that mm-hmm. even without any of the history they get into the woods and he's like she's like i know what you are and he comes up behind her and he's like say it out loud vampire and that for some reason that line stuck in my head i used to like try to quote that to people with no context and no one would ever get it. <laughs> vampire or say it out loud? No, like say it out loud. That was 
That's very well quoted. Sure, but not among my friends and random people that I meet. Well, I'm sorry to say that your friends are losers. Like, we're just like random people that I would meet. Like, they did not understand. It's well quoted among the Twilight fandom, maybe. I just feel like it was very, like, memeified. Like, I'm pretty sure I could find an SNL skit about that it was like it was like you assuming reliant k was like mainstream that's like me assuming that well, like, i didn't know it was Re- if i had known it was reliant k if i had sure, known you assuming Sadie Hawkins dance was mainstream the song yeah so bella's like there and she's like oh my god holy crow you're driving so fast you're driving yeah, Bella says, holy crow i don't <laughs> know why instead of holy cow is that some sort of like blasphemous thing that's what i always assume but it, like for some reason holy cow is like blasphemous holy cow probably comes from the golden calf or something. Yeah, but is it not still like blasphemous to make a, ho- seems, a crow holy? It seems like a euphemism of a of a euphemism, honestly. Or is that just like a midwestern thing? I have no idea. Yeah, or like, like a Arizona, western thing. You know what I mean? Is it just yeah. like a different part of the United States thing where some p- places true. say like how like some places say tennis shoes and some places say sneakers? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't. There's no. It's a euphemism related to holy cow. Yeah, but like According is it the Global Sisters Report, which I'm assuming is some kind of non-related thing. Anyway, we know we have some listeners. We know we have listeners from all over the US. So holy mackerel come... is an oxymoron. The mackerel is a smelly fish, and there's nothing holy about the smell. Oh my god. So holy okay, mackerel. Anyway, anyway, is... anyway. Okay. anyway <laughs> sorry, sorry. If you are from an area that um says holy crow more commonly instead of holy cow. Let us know whether that's like a religious thing or like a local, like a regional thing. Crows are seen as more worthy of worship because they're smart. Not that cows aren't smart. Cows are very smart. But crows are very fucking smart. Yeah. They'll bring you presents. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Okay. So Edward is like, Edward, this was also a much quoted line specifically in the Twilight fandom where Edward's driving like 120 and Bella's like slow down and he slides he slows down to like 80 and he's like oh I hate driving slow he's like calm down Bella built-in radar detector I've never gotten in an accident she's like yeah but if we got an accident you could probably and turned us into a Volvo pretzel you could probably just walk <laughs> away <laughs> and he's yeah. like that's true he's like yeah f- fair enough fair mm-hmm. enough Mm-hmm. Edward Farinoff in his Chicago accent. I'm so sorry to any citizens of Chicago. <laughs> I can't do a Chicago accent. So they're talking and for some reason, like, he's like, I just couldn't stay away from you. Like, I had to follow you. But, like, I'm still trying to, like, she's like, I never, you know, I'm, like, really, I, it made me sad to, like, not see you. I'm, like, so committed to you. And he's like, don't never say that. And she gets upset and she's like, traitor tears were there betraying me. <laughs> Oh, the writing is superb in this. Um, you know what? I don't even say that sarcastically. No. This is fucking great. It is. Yeah. So they have some discussions. Um, she asked Bella. He's like, aren't you going to ask the most important question? What do we eat? And Bella's like, oh, oh yeah. Like, I guess, what do you eat? Because, like, at this point, it seems that Bella is, like, not – is totally prepared. Like, if he tells her that they eat people, he she'll, she's just like, whatever. But – he tells her that they eat animals. They're like, quote unquote, vegetarians. It's like an inside joke or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, she asks him, she's like, well, what's the difference between animal and human blood? And he's like, I don't know. Except that later in the series, we find out that Edward does fucking know what human blood tastes like because he went on a 10 year like vigilante no, human no, no. blood eating He doesn't spree. know how to compare it 
to human food. Even though he has eaten human food, but I guess he never, when he was a human, he never went on a diet of not eating, like, good food, I guess. Because he's like, it's, it's, I would I compare know. it to eating a diet of only tofu. First of all, anyone who slanders tofu, tofu is fucking delicious. You just have to cook it correctly. Like, just don't eat fucking raw tofu like a dumbass. Only eat tofu. Like, season it. Fry it up. Like, what? Jesus. Anyway, tofu's great. But Bella's like, Bella's like, and your eyes change color. Like, when you're full, they're gold. And when you're, they're black, you're hungry. And he's like, how did you figure that out? And she's like, well, men in particular are crabby when they're hungry. And you're, like, crabbier. When your eyes are dark. Just call me a man, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why men would get priority on that. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just that it's that casual early 2000s sexism. So they get home. They get to Bella's house. And Bella's like, am I going to see you at school tomorrow? And Edward's like, yeah. And he breathes on her face. Mm-hmm. And he's like, good night, Bella. <laughs> and she like nearly fucking passes out because he's like, his breath is so fucking good. I don't know. And she rolls upstairs and she like calls Jessica. Jessica's like, oh my God, tell me everything. And Bella's like, uh, my fucking dad's here. Like, I'm not going to tell you anything. So she goes upstairs and Bella, as she's falling asleep, she thinks about three things. I was absolutely positive. First, Edward was a vampire. Second, there was a part of him and I didn't know how potent that part might be that thirsted for my blood. And third, I was absolutely and irrevocably in love with him. (laughs) And in fact, the movie was where I finally learned how to say the word irrevocable. Because it was one of those words where I'd only ever read it and then Kristen Stewart like pronounces it and I was like, oh my God. Finally, Incredible. knowledge. <laughs> I supped from the knowledge from the tree of good and evil. What does she say it in the movie? Is it like a voiceover? I think she says it as like a voiceover. Yeah. She enough. definitely says it. That's definitely where yeah, I fucking learned I how to say it. it. Okay. So we're going to end this episode with just a little quick timeline of where we are so so far because the timeline is so fucked up in this book. So at one point, Bella's like on the first Tuesday of March. And so we in fact looked up the first Tuesday of March in 2005. And the first Tuesday of March in 2005 is March 1st. And on the first Tuesday of March, Jessica calls Bella and asks if she can invite Mike to the dance, which I guess we didn't mention. And then the next day she asks Mike to the dance on 3-2. The beast strip is March 5th. Bella's vampire research slash serial scene is on March 6th. Tuesday, March 8th is Port Angeles. Thursday, March 10th is when Edward, we haven't gotten to this yet, but I'm just going to give you a a brief, a little teaser of what's (laughs) to come in the next episode. March 10th, Edward is like giving her the fourth, the fifth degree like questioning. Then on Saturday, the 12th, they go to the meadow and have their little sunny moment. On 13th, the vampires play baseball, and I didn't do the dates past that, but basically just happens like one right at, like, basically the rest of the book happens in like 24 hours. So the earliest she can arrive is mid-January, because she arrives like a week after the semester is started, Mm -hmm. and we're assuming the semester is starting like right after New Year's, so she's like somewhere in mid-January. So maximum amount of time that they know each other is two months. (laughs) between mid-January and mid-March. 
And Edward is ignoring her for six weeks. And we do specifically get he ignored her for half a dozen weeks. And gone for a week in the beginning. Yes. So there is literally only one week of time. Like these two people spend less time together than like the contestants of The Bachelor do. (laughs) Before they're confessing their undying love. Like these psychos are made for each other. I love them. Yeah. I love them. So that's the timeline. Basically, the the rest of the book is happening in like less than a week. It's like one day after everything happens one day after the other. Okay. So like we said, Catskill's coming hopefully next episode. I am more than halfway through my notes now. Oh my God. So and I definitely took less notes towards the end. Maybe. We'll see. (laughs) Hopefully this is the the next episode is the last one. And Mm. that's when you'll get the cat scale. But until then, Rachel, where can they send us the pictures of their mushroom ravioli and also let us know whether (laughs) Holy Crow is a regional dialect thing? Uh, We read it one night at gmail.com. Or if you really want to, you can also do it on Instagram at we read it one night. You could also tweet it at us at we read it podcast. Um, I don't really know the format for sharing that information with us on TikTok, but if you know a way, it is also at We Read It One Night. And also give us a follow, give us a subscribe, give us a rate and review, give us all four on whatever podcast source you are listening to this on. And let us know if you have a book that you want us to do. We've already added some to the schedule. So that could be you if you didn't, if you weren't playing. Godspeed, Godspeed, comrades. comrades. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>